How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody, and this is part two of our Healing Lyme Disease series. In part one, you heard from Devin Dion and Adrian Nolan-Smith on how they healed themselves naturally of Lyme disease. And today, I've got quite the story for you. This was such a good story that we had to make it two separate episodes. It was a two-part series, and we recorded it in the LA studio with Susie back in the day. It is the story of Robin Shirley. Robin grew up with out-of-control systemic inflammation, which her doctors labeled as systemic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and chronic Lyme disease. At just 23 years old, Robin was on track to file for disability and give up on all her hopes and dreams. Crazy, right? After 17 years of experimentation, research, and education, Robin has personally experienced the power of nutrition and detoxification to completely heal herself from all her debilitating symptoms. And Robin is finally free from pharmaceuticals and she's running the company of her dreams. So this does have a happy ending, but I really wanted to share this one because I know a lot of people will be able to relate to her story when you're young and you don't feel well and everyone around you is living their best life. And you're like, why don't I feel as good as everyone else? And what am I doing differently? What do I need to do to heal when the doctors have no answers. This was a two-part episode, as I said. So Robin was diagnosed with Lyme. Then she was told she didn't have Lyme. Then she was re-diagnosed with Lyme after years of not treating it. So in the first part, Robin is going to share her story of her suffering and what she went through. And then in the second part, she's going to share her exact healing protocol with you. But first, Food Heals Nation, do you ever find yourself unable to concentrate or focus? You know I'm a type A, you know I like my to-do list, you know I like to be clean and focused, but there are times when I am scatterbrained and I'm looking for kind of a nutritional solution, a nutritional boost to help me, and that is what Magic Mind is helping me with today. So let me tell you more about it. Magic Mind is this delicious little matcha drink. It comes in a tiny little like... I don't know what to call it, little a little shot glass of a bottle. So 
It's very small. It's cute. You can take it on the go. It says do more, stress less. They've got really pretty packaging and branding. So yeah, when I find myself on podcast days, when I have to record a lot of interviews or I have maybe a lot of client calls, it's hard to be consistent and to feel energized throughout my day. It requires a lot of focus, a lot of energy. I know you can relate because whatever your job is or whatever you do daily, you probably need a lot of focus and energy too, right? So let's talk about the ingredients and why it helps with focus. Well, it's got matcha. Matcha is delicious and it contains way less caffeine than coffee. And it's also got these additional compounds called catechins that extend the benefits of caffeine by slowing your body's ability to absorb it as well as a compound called L-theanine that reduces stress. Yes, please. Um, so these two compounds work together to prevent the spike in cortisol levels and the inevitable crash that comes from having too much caffeine. So matcha, it's basically nature's extended release version of caffeine. It's got all these other ingredients like rhodiola, ashwagandha, lion's mane, cordyceps. You know, I love all these adaptogens. So I totally stand behind Magic Mind. It works for me. It helps me. And I know it can help you too. It also helps with memory and cognition, they have found, which is really really, really cool. So I wanted to get this information out to you. And of course, you know, I scored you an exclusive discount code. So go to the Magic Mind website and you can get 56% off your first prescription. I've never had a discount code that high. Thank you, Magic Mind. 56% off your first subscription plus 20% off a one-time purchase with my code FOODHEALS20. Okay, so it's all over at magicmind.co slash foodheals, magicmind.co slash foodheals. Seeing how it tastes good, it's little, you can take it on the go, and how well it's been working for me, I absolutely encourage you to test it out, try it out. Let me know what you think. If you're not feeling at 100% on some days, this can be a total game changer. Again, 56% off a subscription and 20% off a one-time purchase using the discount code Food Heals 20. And again, it's all over at magicmind.co slash food heals. Next up, my interview with Robin Shirley on Healing Lime. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. You were diagnosed with this systemic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at such a young age and chronic Lyme disease, and you're 23 years old. Like, how does that happen? Well, I'm now 27. Mm-hmm. So I uh, you I look was healthy and beautiful. Yes, Thank you. you do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I was I was diagnosed when I was 11 years old with systemic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. I was missing so much school mm-hmm. that I was having to basically get an exception from my school to pass 7th grade. And uh, it was, it was out of control inflammation. I was, um, you know, having trouble performing day-to-day functions that everyone takes for granted. And the diagnosis took about, um, I think it was uh, six months almost. I, it might've been a little bit shorter there, but I, I began with a, a rash. It was a red itchy rash all over my body. There was a really high spiking fever and some uh, aches and pains like I had the flu. So we went to the doctor. I was at summer camp actually when the onset started and I went to the doctor when I got home and began the general um, testing, diagnostic testing that they put you through for, you know, flu symptoms like um, I was experiencing. And uh, they started me right away on treatment for Lyme disease, which is two weeks of antibiotics. Mm. And because that's, you know, I was in the woods. I was in Virginia. I was at summer camp. Yeah. And that's what they would have thought it was with the rash and the fever and everything. Yeah. 
So, uh, so I started the antibiotics, but after a week, the test came back negative. So they took me off of the antibiotics and they said, it's okay. You don't have Lyme and we're going to proceed with trying to diagnose this right now. We're not sure what it is, but we'll send you to um, some specialists and we'll figure it out. Mm. So I was kind of tossed around to some different specialists over the next couple of months and finally landed at Johns Hopkins with a diagnosis of systemic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And you're 11. Yeah. Unbelievable. You're a baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're a baby. Well, I mean, I, I have to just put it out there. There are babies, literally babies that are diagnosed with this disease as well. Wow. So I feel I feel lucky that it was, um, you know, I was a little older and I was able and to handle it emotionally. Were you experiencing pain in your joints? I mean, that's a chronic sign of rheumatoid arthritis, right? Right, right. So by the time I was diagnosed, finally, the disease had progressed. The symptoms had become more severe and it was um, more systemic. So I was experiencing inflammation in the lining of my heart, which is also a symptom of JRA. And I was, the rash had spread and the fatigue was worse. And there were, um, you know, high spiking fevers, 103, 104, and then the joint pain. And mm -hmm. so it had spread, you know, started in my knees, it spread to my feet and my hands and my wrists and everything. So, so yeah, I was sent to a rheumatologist and they put me on, um, uh, it was about 18 milligram, 1800 milligrams of ibuprofen, about 60 milligrams of prednisone, and then they started me on methotrexate as well. Oh my God. <laughs> it was a lot of it was a lot of medication. On your small frame, you could barely handle this, I'm sure. And how did you feel on the meds? Well, the the ibuprofen, I think it was upsetting my digestion a little bit. I remember from that moment on I didn't have um, the same digestion. Mm -hmm. And then the methotrexate really gave me a lot of nausea, uh, nauseousness. And then um my hair actually started falling out after about a year on it, and oh my God. Uh, which is a common side effect of that medication. And then I didn't lose everything; I just lost about half of it. And and I had to switch to the um, injection instead of the oral because it was making me so nauseous. But uh, I was on and off of all of those medications, up and down all the time, and did different drugs um, like Orencio is a common one for JRA and. Remicade is one. I, I never tried that one, but they were always pushing me to go on that one. And then um, Enbrel was the other one that I was on. So they're all very common for JRA. So wow. it gave you these side effects, but did you feel what, you know, the, the aches and the pains and all the others? Was it helping any of the symptoms? Once I got diagnosed and I got on some of the medications, the inflammation was kept under control enough that I was able to get through middle school and high school. And, um, but it wasn't without a price for sure. What happens with JRA? And this is an autoimmune disease. So I'm sure that most people are familiar with this at this point, like one in four adults have autoimmune or something crazy. Which is insane. And it didn't used to be like this. So we have to look at our lifestyle and go, what is causing this? But go right, on. right. Which I have a really interesting perspective on. So please ask me in a few minutes. Oh, oh yes. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> um, okay. So I was telling you about the drugs um, and did they help? Yes, but what happens with these medications, the point of putting anyone on medication who has autoimmune disease is to suppress the immune system so that it stops attacking healthy cells, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So it was suppressing my immune system and I started to get upper respiratory infections more often. And by my senior year of high school, I actually got mono, which is common for mm -hmm. high school. Were you kissing? Blushing. This is a really embarrassing uh, way. You were kissing someone. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't. But I, I, I picked up the wrong water bottle 
in art oh, class. Really? It was the water bottle of another girl who had mono. She was kissing boys. Yes, people. she was. <laughs> and your immune system was so down that it couldn't fight that because you were suppressing it yourself. Right, right. I, I mean, I was out of school for about, I believe it was about not, like 90% of my third uh, quarter of wow. senior year. So I had to like meet my AP Gov teacher in Starbucks and like relearn everything. And they had to excuse me from a whole like quarter of art class and PE and, and science and everything. Oh and so, yeah, it was pretty uh, bad, the infection. And I attribute that to having the being, being on the medications and everything. And then that happened again in college with a bronchitis and that lasted almost a year and I had to go through like a lot of physical therapy to open up my chest and my breathing again and then the third time it happened was um, out of school after I had left school and I had just a normal strain of um, it was a staph infection it was just a very normal strain of staph it wasn't the superbug or anything and like the hospital cultured it and tested it and I was in the hospital for six weeks with staph in my throat I couldn't, wow. I couldn't eat. I couldn't swallow or anything. They had to drain it and keep a tube in there to drain the infection out. And they had to go in twice to get it out. And all of this just because these medications are suppressing your immune system so it's much. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. The thing is, is that I started with a natural lifestyle from the beginning. I was really lucky to have parents who were supportive and they had an open mindset. And my mom and I started juicing vegetables and fruits like the day I was diagnosed, literally. We wow. That's like Susie's family, but yeah, not like they, mine. <laughs> yeah, I was born into it, actually. Oh, really? That's Yeah, cute. my mom was juicing since the 70s. So Oh, great. Yeah, but so, so once you were diagnosed, your mom was like, let's do mm -hmm. this. It wasn't something you guys already did, but... Mm -hmm. found out about it and decided to do it for you. Right, right. So we were encouraged by, you know, family friends to look into things and go see certain healers. And, you know, I went to an acupressurist who also did acupuncture, but I think I was, you know, a little freaked out. So I opted for the acupressure. <laughs> and I went to a massage therapist. I went to um, a natural health institute in Washington, D.C. They did all sorts of things. They tested me for food allergies and they did the color therapy and they did um, like they looked into my family tree and looked at family members who were ill who wow. might have like like they call them family like miasms that they pass down these um, patterns of disease to other family members. And then they, we had someone come in and look at the electromagnetic frequency in our house. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like back in 2000 before it was a... Before it was trendy. Yeah. yeah. I was just talking to someone who actually reversed her MS and she did many, many things, including going to Germany, but she had... Was it called dousing or... Do a dowsing? Oh, yeah. Though they put a dowsing rod in. A dowsing rod, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and they would go around her shop and stuff like that. And did they find any kind of EMFs, like any big fields? Well, we... Um, EMFs are electromagnetic frequencies, by the way. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. And they'd come not just from your cell phones and, and cell towers, which is what the big, you know, talk is about now, but they come from, you know, your all your electronics plugging into the wall. They come from your washer and dryer, your fridge. And you're like, I'm sure the room that we are in is very toxic. Just oh, we're being, being vibrated on so many levels. We have three <laughs> microphones, three computers, multiple cell phones. So we're not in the best shape here. But in general, that is something to be mindful of in your home. 
right go on a note on that i was listening to another interview with dr lee cowden who Mm -hmm. i'll talk about in a minute because he was one of the instrumental doctors in in recovering my my me from lyme disease but um he'll be speaking in one year at the take back your health conference so i'm i'm already planning that far ahead but he was talking um yeah he was talking about emfs and how um they're finding that it's it's kind of it's changing the the vibration of our our the bacteria the the beneficial in our stomach and our bodies and probiotics people sorry (laughs) don't put your probiotics next to your cell phone basically because they're they're being affected what a good point or next to your water this is something we've never talked about on the show but I a long time ago um was made hyper aware of this because someone sold me something for my cell phone which was on a cell phone a while ago, but it was supposed to neutralize the effects of it, at least on your body. I had one on my old cell phone too, but I don't have it on my new one. (laughs) That's Uh what this is. That's what this is. Is that what that is? It's a defender shield, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, this was just a little chip and -hmm. it was supposed to at least not affect your electro, your bioelectrical system. And they tested it with a machine that tested acupuncture points. No, oh my God, this is so interesting. Tell us what is on your cell phone right now. Okay, this is a a cell phone case and it's made by a company called Defender Shield. And this, the man who started the company used to work for Bell Laboratories, which is, as you may or may not know, is the company that was founded by, I believe, Alexander Graham Bell back a long time ago when, Mm -hmm. you know, they were developing all this electric, Right. Electronic technology. And well, the- I remember my cell phone company used to be Bell South when I lived in the South. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So there's still, you know, there's still a company and they're still developing um, communication technology. And this man um, left the company, started his own, and he now is producing these devices that go onto your phone and they block up to 90% of the radiation coming out of the front of the phone. So this here, this um, thing over the top, there's no protection in the back. Most of the radiation is coming that's affecting you is the stuff that's coming out the front that you're holding to your face. So did you just throw your phone? I just threw it across the room. Allison just threw her phone. <laughs> I landed on the, the couch. Don't worry, Food Heals Nation. I, I saw that. But I it was facing it. up at me with no protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they make they make some other stuff like a, a lap pad when you put your laptop on your pad on your lap. I have heard of them actually, yeah. yeah. I have heard of them. Do you, do you know what's in the case that does it? Um, it's got to be some sort of toxic metal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we need a case for your case. Exactly. It's toxic metal. It's, you know, there's there's necessary evils in the world. And I've decided I need a cell phone right. at this point in my life. Yeah. So, and I've got to talk on it hours a day sometimes for this conference business. So I just, you know, I got to do something do about you know it. Let me show you guys what else I have. Okay. <laughs> While you're doing that, I went, oh. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love these. Okay, Food Heals Nation can't see me, but I have this like pop phone and it plugs into my cell phone and then it translates so I can hear. It's like an old school looking telephone. I call it a pop phone. Oh, pop. Okay. That's what the brand was called. It was called a pop phone when I bought it. I don't know. I'm sure there's many out there right now, but I plug it into my phone and then I don't get the EMFs when I talk on it. So um, you can borrow it for I the conference. I have news for me. Or- you do. Right. I love this. Oh, this is so cool. Okay, Susie, I've got to get one. Say? Well, I was going to say, um, and I remember Bill Maher was talking about this at one point on his show, um, where even the little earbuds, people think they're safe if they use their earbuds. They're not. It still travels up the wire, mm-hmm. the EMFs. So the best way to do it, if you're going to be speaking on your phone at length, is to use your speakerphone. Right, right, right. It, the yeah. further away it gets from your body, even though it's in your hand or whatever, you know, the further away the the frequency drops. I think was it five or six feet, 
if you're away from it five or six feet, it drops immensely. Right. Oh, but that's why it's so important to have something like that on your phone, especially for men that put it in their pockets, when they have in their purse. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm freaking out. Okay, we got to do a whole show about this, but let's go back to your story, Robin. <laughs> um, so you're doing, we, we interrupted yes. you, you were doing uh, the EMF testing in your house, you're doing right. juicing. Right, right. Yeah, we, I mean, what happened was we just kind of went, we, we were desperate, like we were just, you know, whatever people suggest, we're going to try. And so... Um, and did your mom have a have any kind of faith that you might get better? Like, was that... Or were they just kind of like, this is what we're living with, but want to make you feel better? Right. Well, you know, this was almost two decades ago at this point. And this was before like childhood cancer was a really big deal. Like this was before kids were getting diagnosed with autoimmune disease in such high numbers and schools didn't know what to do. Um, doctors didn't know what to tell parents. And, um, and so we didn't know what to expect at all. We couldn't like, there was, as far as they knew, rheumatoid arthritis never went away. It was just something that you got in your mid, you know, to late, 50s 60s 70s and then they and then you just had it the rest of your life so um so they didn't know what to tell us and we didn't know what to expect but all we knew was that we could potentially reduce the symptoms if we were healthier and so that was the direction we went and um yeah we tried all these different different things different therapies and um nothing nothing worked because we didn't do the right things. Mm -hmm. And that's because I didn't know, I didn't understand autoimmune disease. I didn't understand human anatomy. I didn't understand how the immune system worked. I didn't under, understand how detoxification worked. And so it took me about 10 years to catch up and learn all that. And now you can go read it. Now you can yeah. go, you know, you can ask me, I'll tell you, you can ask people and they'll tell you how to do it. But I had to kind of like figure out my own path. And then once I once I fit a lot of the puzzle pieces together, it became I started seeing improvements, like reaching huge milestones in my healing, and it and it happened very quickly. That's amazing. So how long did it take for you to go from feeling very bad to feeling your optimal self health? Um, well, so my diagnosis age eleven. Um, by halfway through college, I was at an all-time low and I was in a sorority, like drinking way too much, eating way too much gluten and dairy and everything. As we do in college. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I loved it. I had a great time. Um, but halfway through my sophomore year, I just said, you know, this like, this is ridiculous. I cannot keep doing this. Yeah. It's getting worse. And so I, I went online. I just said, like, I did all these crazy Google searches, you know, curing rheumatoid arthritis, like what not to eat when you have rheumatoid arthritis, all these things. And I came up with this website that just gave a list of like 10 foods that you must not eat if you have rheumatoid arthritis. And, um, I had like heard of gluten-free and dairy-free before, mm -hmm. um, and you know, soy-free, but this was, um, this was egg-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, corn-free, chocolate, yeast, meaning like alcohol and vinegars, mm -hmm. and then, um, and then red meat mm -hmm. and a few others. There's gotta have been, did I say soy? Yes. And then sugar was probably like cane sugar. And then I'm sure there was one other in there. But anyway, so this was, um, at this point, this was about 10 years ago, I guess. And I, uh, I eliminated them all during the, my, uh, sum the summer before sophomore year. That's amazing. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, that's hard for people to do. Good for you. 
it was it was essential i mean i was not doing well and and so i did i i eliminated it and i within a month or two i was almost symptom free within wow. a month mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah yeah so so please keep listening to what i'm about to say if you're like okay i got the answer now i don't have to listen anymore <laughs> <laughs> we're not done yet that wasn't that wasn't the whole picture so so anyways i, I went back to to school i was at virginia tech um this was yeah awesome school i i loved it um this was uh my i did my elimination diet four months after or like three months after the shootings at virginia tech so so we were all coming back together after you know the shootings happened in april we kind of all dispersed they cut school short we went home coming back um dave matthews put on this amazing concert for everyone in Lane Stadium, and my sister came down. It was on her birthday, so I said, "I'll give my free guest ticket to you. You'll come down, hear your favorite band." And um, and so I got. Uh, I went to Annie's Natural Foods. That was the only <laughs> health food store in Blacksburg, and we got um, like a, a gluten free, dairy free brownie, frozen brownie, like packaged cake thing. And and I warmed it up, and I put candles in it, and we sung her happy birthday, and then. And then we had a couple beers and then we went to the concert. And within like three hours, my rash was back. My fingers were swelling up and getting like, you know, hard to bend mm-hmm. and everything. And then by the next morning, I was like all swollen in my face and I just felt really shitty. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, it was, uh, either the beer, the yeasty beer, yeah. or it was the eggs in the brownie or it was the chocolate because mm-hmm. those were the only things that I had added back in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I said, this is, there's something to this food thing. Yeah. And I tried it for the rest of the semester. Um, I tried it for the rest of the year by the following year. I was, I was back to that where I was before the elimination diet. I wasn't able to keep up with it. And I said, um, I was at, you know, some, uh, fraternities formals in South Carolina at the beach. And, and I was like, hitting another all-time low and I was watching um Bravo channel Real Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> and and I was like in my hotel room everyone else was out like drinking having a good time and I was just so depressed and I said what am I doing like here this is ridiculous because I'm so sick that I can't even enjoy this yeah. like what's the point and so I I said in that moment I have to go home and I have to work on my health and I told my mom, I, you know, I went to visit them a couple weekends later and I told them and she said, yes, I support you. And so I came home mm-hmm. and, uh, within like four months I had enrolled at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition wow. and, cool. and I started really committing to this lifestyle. So it took me, um, I guess it was, I guess it was ten, uh, eight, nine years for me to mess around with stuff before I said, okay, like there's, I had experienced enough positive healing from nutrition and holistic health that I said, I have to commit to this fully. So, so I went home and I studied it and I learned a lot more. I did a lot of self-study reading and experimenting and I, um, and I figured, I figured out a lot of new stuff. What dedication. Yeah. You know, you left everything to do this, to fight for your health and to figure out what you could do for yourself. That's amazing. Like that's, I think that's so extraordinary. And you did it at such a young age. I mean, you had, you, I mean, you were faced with kind of no other choice. I mean, like, because your own desire for feeling better was staring you at the face, but in the Mm -hmm. face, but like, we applaud you. We applaud you. We haven't done this in a while, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, thank you. Yeah, it was it was a hard decision because you're deciding to put, you know, ev- like I grew up in a community where college was everything. Of course. And you're putting that on hold. And college is the time of your life. It's yeah. really hard not to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. You went home and you were learning and did you, you were- Did you quit? You quit school for, you put school on hold? Yes. Um, went to school for in, the integrative nutrition. Right, right. So at that point, I didn't know what I was doing. I just, you know, Virginia Tech allows you to go on a leave of absence of up to seven years. And so I did that. I told them I may or may not come back. I went to, went home. I enrolled in IIN and- What's IIN? Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Okay. Yeah. And and within like four months of, of classes starting, I was teaching my own cooking classes out of my parents' house. That's so cool. They they were so supportive of you starting your own business. And the curriculum at that school is like three pillars. One is nutrition, obviously. The second one is um, career, like professionalism studies. And the third one is coaching and counseling. Mm-hmm. So you get a like a well-rounded approach to working with people and starting your own business in the nutrition field. And so I listened to one of the lectures and it was basically saying like, start now, like, why Why wait? If you don't start now, you're going to graduate and you're not going to have anything and you're going to not have the support either of your classmates. So I thought that's very smart. And I sent out invitations to all my mom's friends to come to my first cooking class. <laughs> that's and awesome. Yeah. So I started, I started with like three healthy soup recipes and they loved it and they told their friends. And so it kind of grew from there and I started teaching these cooking classes. And, uh, and then I started promoting outside of my friend group into the community. And then I started to do things like a yoga retreat one weekend. And um, yeah, so I kind of kept it small. I did one-on-one sessions, like a few of them helping people with their own nutrition. And at the same time, I was, you know, helping myself and, you know, feeling like this is a good career for me because it's keeping me dedicated to that lifestyle. And so the career and my health happened simultaneously. All right, Food Heals Nation, that was a clip from episode 71 of Food Heals, and Robin had such an incredible healing story that this was a two-parter. So in the next clip from episode 72, Robin is going to share her exact healing protocol from Lyme. But first, when healing from Lyme or any chronic degenerative disease, we've got to look at the gut. We've got to heal the gut. And there's no better way to heal the gut than to get your probiotics in. But you know that not all probiotics are created equally. You've heard Tina Anderson's interviews on this show multiple times. And you know that Tina is revolutionizing the probiotic space, right? With her spore-based Just Thrive Probiotics. And right now, for the rest of the month of March, you can actually save 20% off your probiotics and all the amazing products over at JustThriveHealth.com. So first, I'm going to have Tina tell you a little bit more about it, and then go make sure and use the Food Heals discount code to get your 20% off. It's all over at JustThriveHealth.com, discount code FOODHEALS for 20% off during the month of March. Let's hear from Tina real quick, and then we'll go back to Robin's story. Roll it, Roxy. 
All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here hanging out with Tina Anderson, the founder of Just Thrive, which is probiotics, but also so much more. So Tina, can you tell us what is a spore-based probiotic and why is it different from other probiotics out there on the market? Yeah, that's a great question, Allison. Um, A spore-based probiotic is a completely different category of probiotics. So the majority of probiotics on the market are comprised of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Ours are not. And we did that very intentionally because we know that those strains are sensitive organisms. They have difficulty getting to the intestines alive. Spore-based probiotics have this endospore shell around itself. And that spore shell allows it to get to the intestines alive. It's really important to remember that a probiotic, in order to be defined as a probiotic, needs to arrive alive in the intestines. It doesn't need to be alive in the refrigerator. It needs to be alive in the intestines. So a spore-based probiotic actually has this shell around itself. And when it has the shell around itself, it's dormant and it allows you to swallow it. It gets, you know, it's able to handle the temperature, your body temperature, which is very warm, 98.6. It's able to get through the stomach acid, which is very acidic, very harsh, meant to be the heart gastric barrier and get to the intestines. And where once they get to the intestines, it takes their shell, its shell off. And it goes into its live vegetative cell state when it gets to the intestines. So these are natural probiotics. These are the same type of strains that our ancestors, when they ate off the land, they ate roots and tubers off the land, they consumed these probiotic strains. Um, so it's just, unfortunately, we don't find them in our environment today. So it's a very different approach than the majority of probiotics. One of the biggest you know, issues is survivability. The ma- vast majority of probiotics just simply do not survive that journey to the intestines. And most of them are basically dead bacteria therapy where spore-based probiotics get there 100% alive, where they're staying there for about 21 to 28 days and making a true change in the microbial environment. In fact, one of the studies that we did uh, right away was showing that just after about two weeks, uh, we saw a 30% favorable shift in the microbiome in the strains in the gut. So um, that's a pretty profound shift in just 30 days. So, and, and that's the resu- reason we see such profound, you know, results with people who start on the product. So it's really exciting. And it's definitely the, the new category of probiotics out there, even though it's where, you know, our ancestors were consuming these strains on a daily basis. Wow. We're always going back to basics, right? But we yeah. made it overcomplicated. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us, Tina. I really appreciate it. So Food Heals Nation, stop throwing away money on probiotics that are going to die before they hit your gut and heal yourself, boost your immunity with Just Thrive probiotics. Go to justthrivehealth.com. Use the discount code FOODHEALS to save 20% off your order. Thanks, Tina. You bet. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. So I want to talk about your diet. I want to know. What do you eat today to 
you know, you're sitting in front of us, a radiant person who we would never guess had all these chronic issues as a, as a young person. So what are you doing today? Okay, so let me give a really quick rundown of the symptoms that were going on. I'll go from top down. That'll help. So headaches, dandruff, brain fog, forgetting things, talking slowly. I still, you know, I still kind of talk slowly. I'm very calm, like at mm-hmm. peace person, but I was having trouble actually like finishing conversations. I wasn't like remembering what people were saying and I wasn't able to follow up with an argument. And I had thyroid, low thyroid, never had a normal thyroid blood test. I had chronic a neck pain. I had arthritis in my spine and my neck. I had the swelling in the lining of my heart. I said I had arthritis in my wrist, my fingers, my joint, uh, my hips, my knees, my feet. I couldn't walk. I had to, I'd have to save my, my steps. So I had like maybe, let's say I had a hundred steps I could take every day. So if I knew I had to go out for dinner that night, I would sit on the couch all day so that I could actually walk at night at dinner. Just extreme fatigue, depression. I lost my period for a few years and I had the rash. I had the fevers. I had um, a lot of stuff. So all of this looks like many different diseases. My doctor said my immune system is basically attacking my own body. That's what autoimmune diseases. They say your immune system is attacking your healthy cells. And this is the part where I was telling you before I wanted to say what my what my reaction to that was when my doctors first told me was, how is that possible? That's not like my body is not going to attack my own cells. Like that that doesn't sound right to me. Why would my body be that confused? I was told that as a young person too about my mom's MS. And I remember thinking as a child, I'm thinking about the immune system like little cartoon characters. What would cause them to attack themselves? Like I could not make sense of that as a young person. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. So you're sitting there like, okay, you're telling me my, and meanwhile, I'm like taking introduction to biology. I'm like the high school era where you're learning like really elementary biology. You're learning like cell structure and immune system and and circulatory system and skeletal system. And so I have like an awareness, like I can understand what my doctors are saying. And I said, you know, like my teacher just told me the other day, like your immune system attacks foreign invaders. It doesn't attack your healthy cells. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're wrong like my teacher told me so and so <laughs> so i was lucky actually in in that i was in that phase of my life where i was like you know soaking up everything i was learning from the textbook i said to myself i didn't say to them but i was like there's something's not right here and what i what it took me almost a decade to figure out was that i was right and i let them take that power away from me for a while and i let them you know prescribe me medication but then i i realized no i was right there is something else in my body that my immune system is desperately trying to get at and it's got to be either an infection or multiple infections or toxicity something is in my body that my body wants out right and so from there it was like oh yeah duh like, I just got to get everything out that, that's not supposed to be in there. So I was looking at infection. I was looking at heavy metals. I was looking at pesticides. And I was looking at the candida thing, you know, all sorts of different infections and, and toxins that get into our body and plastics. And and so I started with, you know, switching to organic. The easiest things, you know, getting the pesticides out of your diet, getting the candida was easy. I tried the candida diet for a while. I tried taking the supplements um, that are killing candida. And it helped to a certain degree. 
And then I got the food allergens out. I got all the stuff out that my immune system was reacting to in terms of food sensitivities and allergens. I talked about that. And then I was better a little bit, but I wasn't really, you know, feeling like I was as well as I could be or wanted to be. And so from there, things stalled a little bit. And, and it took a couple of years, but the two life-changing factors were being diagnosed properly with Lyme disease, finally. Mm-hmm. So you had been told you didn't have it. You tested negative, mm-hmm. but, that, but then at some point you did have it. Yes. Yeah. So, so it was the testing in the United States is not accurate. Le- legislation makes it difficult for doctors to diagnose clinically. And um, Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They have to have a blood test proving it or else insurance doesn't really cover it. It's very political. And many of the blood tests aren't, you know, accurate enough to diagnose that kind of an infection of that, you know, chronic nature. So this is ridiculous. Yeah. So I finally got a diagnosis from three different doctors specializing in Lyme disease. And I said, okay, I have an infection. Now I have an answer to why my immune system is attacking my body, quote unquote. And so that was one piece. The second piece was the heavy metals, which we kind of talked about a second ago. They're really tricky. You know, people don't see them, and so they don't know how they're getting into their bodies. But once you go and do the research, like we, I did with the tap water, and there's so many other ways that they're getting into your body. So you have to get them out. You can't leave them in, and there is a way to get them out. Um, there's a safe way to get them out, and I'm, I've been going through it for the last three years, and many, many people are going through it and doing it, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's life-changing. So the Lyme protocol I started was um, I started rotating herbal protocols. It didn't feel right to start antibiotics right away. Right away, I wanted to try the herbal protocols. And Lyme is a virus, right? It's a bacteria. It is a bacteria. But it, it weakens your body to a degree, along with all the other lifestyle choices we're making. It weakens your body to a degree that you become susceptible to many other infections. There, there's a certain co-infections that go along with Lyme disease, a lot of other bacteria, but then there are also all these other virus and bacteria that kind of take advantage of the situation. And so it's really, you know, a holistic approach to, you know, antimicrobial herbals and broad spectrum that you have to take when you're dealing with Lyme disease if you want to go the natural route. So that was one factor. And then the heavy metal chelation that I began, those two combined brought me to where I am today. So I was about 50% better just from dietary changes and the initial stuff that I'd been working on. But once I figured out the Lyme disease and the heavy metals, I just, my health skyrocketed. It was, it was remarkable. It was crazy. All right, Robin, can you tell us the exact protocol you did to heal yourself of Lyme, chronic Lyme, and juvenile rheumatoid arthritis? Sure. So I do feel like this could take days to explain, but I'll do my best. Um, so, so I did mention before that I felt that nutrition brought me about 50% better. And it allowed me to see what symptoms remained and what I really needed to focus on. A lot of people who are dealing with autoimmune or, or chronic Lyme disease, they don't work on nutrition first, and then they're not able to actually see what symptoms are left over. So, so they're, they're confusing their food symptoms with their disease symptoms, and they're having this big confusion over what they actually need to treat. That's really interesting, you know, because you think of one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you get your diet cleaned up, it makes it a lot more simple and a lot less expensive to heal. So I mentioned earlier that I I spent a lot of money on stuff that was masking the symptoms. So that's what I'm talking about is if you just get rid of all the food that's causing your body to react, then you're going to be left with the important stuff 
the Lyme disease, the infection piece of it. And this, you know, can, you can, we can talk about Epstein-Barr, it could be, you know, any candida, any infection. I'm talking broadly about infection right now. So bacteria, virus, and fungus. There are pathogenic um, strains and there are beneficial strains. And so the pathogenic strains taking over our bodies because our bodies are so weak with our standard lifestyle. So what you need to do is you need to build your body up. You need to strengthen and you need to feed yourself as dense of a nutrients of a diet as possible. So that was the first piece of dealing with infection. I had to give my immune system what it needed to fight infection. I had to build up my immunity. And that includes foods that are really dense in nutrients, minerals, vitamins, antioxidants, and also foods that have antibacterial and antiviral and antifungal properties themselves. So these are foods that fight infection directly. Can you give us some examples? Uh, can I can we play a game? Yeah. Can I guess and you tell me yes or no? Yes. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Certain types of mushrooms? Yes. Garlic? Yes. Onions? Somewhat. Uh, Turmeric? It's anti-inflammatory. It's very good, but it's not one of the ones that I would say you must. Okay. I feel like there's more in my brain and I can't remember, but those were the jumping, jumping out at me because I remember reading a book about viral immunity and talking a lot about mushrooms and then mm-hmm. I know yeah okay I'm done yeah. <laughs> well, well mushrooms are actually one of the foods that fight indirectly so they modify your body's biological processes they a lot of plant foods do that yeah. but some plant foods fight directly because they have the phytonutrients that are actually you know so full of these essential oils that they can just kill on contact basically that's you know if you're if you're trying to just guess you you have to think about all the foods that have a very pungent strong smell oregano Yes. I was going to ask you. <laughs> she can't stop. Well, I know. The reason why I'm passionate about this, Allison. I know. Jeez. I love it. Well, I was going to actually ask you privately, but I'm going to do it on the air. Please on do. On tape. Because if you um, have a question, so does Food Heals Nation. Well, and yeah. I'm not, I don't know if I've ever, I may have talked about this before. I don't know why I'm obsessed with saying that. But um, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of raindrop therapy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because that's something I've, I was exposed to during my my massage schooling. Yeah. And what raindrop therapy is, it, I believe it's from this one company, maybe there are other companies that do it, but it was from Young, Young Living. And it's a protocol of dropping certain essential oils, which are the immune system of a plant. Mm-hmm. And every plant has them and they're all different. They actually vibrate energetically They and they all kill different viruses, bacteria. I don't know if they kill fungus. Well, well, this is the the interesting thing. So I use essential oils all the time. I, you know, rub them all over all the time. I use them in, you know, for my, you know, oral care. I use them for skincare, everything. So I was saying the it's the smell of the plant that holds the, it's the compounds of the plant that have the strong aroma that also hold the antioxidants and the antimicrobial properties. Right. So, so they concentrate in the essential oils. So right. that all essential oils are naturally very antimicrobial. Right. Robin, we have to have you back to do a whole episode on this because Susie has been dying to and we haven't yet. So we've got to. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That would be great. Yeah. So, but let's, let me go through yes, the food. Yes, please do. We keep interrupting so, you. No, it's fine. It's fine. You um, get excited. <laughs> it is. It's very exciting because when, because of Killing the possibilities. Fungus, yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm a, I haven't even begun to get nerdy on you guys tonight. I'm about to with the oh, heavy yeah, We're having you back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the heavy metal piece of this is going to be pretty nerdy. So aromatic uh, plant foods. 
herbs, culinary herbs, every single culinary herb, basil, oregano, thyme, sage, rosemary, you need to be, you know, chopping them up and sprinkling, sprinkling them onto everything. And they're going to help actually rebalance the gut flora first. And they're going to help you get your pH back in balance and, you know, kind of put a, you know, stop to the overgrowth of candida on contact. They do this with the essential oils and the plants that are coming through. So that's the first step is adding all these foods into your diet. And then the next step is to take it further and go to the extracts and the distillations and the, you know, the supplements. So that would be... um, You know, some famous protocols, uh, herbal protocols for antimicrobial action would be, for example, Dr. Lee Cowden. I mentioned him um, in the first part of this, and he has a protocol called the Cowden Protocol, Mm C-O-W-D-E-N, and um, you just Google it and you find it. And it, it, um, I mentioned it first because that's the first herbal protocol I tried and it worked miracles for me. And I realized that it, you know, everyone's body will react a little bit differently, but it was just strong enough and gentle enough for me that it was a good introduction to, um, you know, a Lyme treatment. And I, I got real nauseous the first week and I threw up a couple of days in a row and which is normal when you're killing off, um, bacteria and fungus. Is that your body bridging, getting rid of junk? Yeah. Well, if you have a serious infection like that, then you really have a lot of die off in the first couple of days. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> and that doesn't ew. feel good, right? No. It makes you feel sick. Yeah. Bacteria bodies, ew. Yeah. You have a lot of chemicals, uh, natural chemicals from the die off of bacteria and fungus um, that you have to eliminate. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to feel crappy. And so I did. I felt crappy for the first week or so. And then I started to just, you know, I skyrocketed after that. I just felt like wonderful. Within six months of that protocol, I did the full Cowden protocol for six months. I was so super strict and I felt I felt wonderful afterwards. I felt like, you know, nutrition brought me 50%, Cowden brought me 75%. And, uh, and so then from there, I thought, well, you know, I don't want to digress after having so much you know, progress. So I, I rotated, I started another herbal protocol. I started Stephen Booner's protocol for Lyme disease. And for those of you who are listening, it's Booner, B-U-H-N-E-R. And he uh, has a book out there called Healing Lyme Naturally, or some variation of those words. And that protocol was a little too intense for me. That went deeper and that started to kill off more bacteria and and infection. And so I had to slow down and ease up and I I didn't carry it out the way that he had actually outlined in his book. And so I did that for a while. And then I started on um, taking neem oil, Mm N-E-E-M. So I just, I started rotating, you know, every six months, every three months, I rotated to different protocols so that it wouldn't, my, you know, the infections wouldn't get used to it. And so that I would reach different infections and different areas of my body with each protocol. So this was taking it deeper than the food antimicrobials. This was going into like medicinal herbs that have been used for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And and I'm still, I'm still rotating these. I don't stop because if you think about there's a, any possibility that I could tomorrow pick up another infection, you know, super bug or, you know, something. I could walk into a hospital and get infected with something crazy or I could, you know, God forbid, pick up an STD or I could get, you know, some foodborne illness from a, you know, from spinach or something. Right. And so I just feel like in this day and age, we have to be consciously consuming antimicrobials 
natural antimicrobials on a, on a regular basis. And especially those who are chronically ill or those who are recently recovered because yeah. you're, you know, at more at risk. And so I still rotate those. I didn't mention also spices. So I said culinary herbs, but spices like cinnamon, clove, you know, oregano and uh, all the really spicy ones that just kind of like sting your throat. Olive oil also kind of stings your throat too, but um, cayenne. yeah, cayenne pepper, that's a good one. Um, and, you know, red pepper. It's the only one I do. So it's the only one I know. I do cinnamon. Too. Yeah. Ginger is another one. Oh yeah. I do yeah. Ginger. Yeah. So, okay. So that's kind of the herbal spice, like plant mm -hmm. supplement area for Lyme disease and for chronic infections in general. So you just, you have to help your body out. Something that I always try to convey to people is don't ignore the illness. Like you are very sick. You have to at some point just surrender to it and say, okay, I'm sick. I need to take care of myself. I don't need to be stronger than this. I don't need to pretend that it's not happening. I need to rest. I need to drink hot tea. I need to feed myself well, and I have to sleep more than other people. Food Heals Nation, I am just loving my nootropics, all formulated by Cured Nutrition. You heard my interview with Joe Sheehy, who's the founder and CEO of Cured, which is the leading cannabinoid wellness brand. And it was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I hope you did too. And I literally cannot get enough of these products. My favorite way to use the products so far has been for sleep, but they've got amazing products for during the day and sleeping as well. So you can go online right now and head on over to curednutrition.com and check out the products and see which ones really appeal to you. I've been using Rise, which is a nootropic. It's formulated by Cured's very own in-house clinical herbalist, and it's got a blend of lion's maid and cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and broad spectrum CBD. This is great for during the day. This is great for when you want to have some energy. This is great for when you want to have your brain on fire. This is when you have that to-do list and all the things you want to cross off. Now, when you need sleep, there's a few products I recommend. The CBN Night Oil. That is the most potent sleep product on the market. It's got 30 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of the minor cannabinoid CBN. And CBN is known to have a stronger sleep-supporting property than even CBD does, right? So if you think about CBD, you think about calming. And then when you think about CBN, it's more about sedating. So that's when you are ready to go to sleep. Then they've got their Serenity Gummies. That is formulated with a trinity of ingredients, a blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, functional mushrooms, and adaptogens. And these are great for sleep as well. They really just relax me. And I started out taking one and I moved to two. And that's, I mean, sometimes I don't even need to, right? Like you just, you figure out what's right for your body but it's really relaxing and it just makes you really chill right before bed. It makes you not like worry about a bunch of things that I need to worry about, right? So right now, check out Cured. They are extending an exclusive offer for you, Food Heals Nation. You can grab all of these products and more and get 20% off at curednutrition.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS. You'll get your 20% off. And of course, as you know, there's no artificial flavors, no sugars, no dyes, no garbage, right? These are just nice, easy products that you can add into your wellness routine that really will make a difference. So again, it's all over at curednutrition.com. Use the discount code FOODHEALS and save 20% off. Oh my gosh, that is such a great code. So this infection thing, it, a lot can be done through 
like oral supplementation and food, being very strategic about just adding in those antimicrobials at every opportunity. That's kind of the approach that I took was really was food, nutrition, natural supplements, herbs. And so, so then this is, so I'm getting nerdy now. Um, (laughs) Lyme disease and candida and other infections, they, and, and bacteria in general, they build bio, what we call biofilm around them. It's like made up of mucus and, you know, minerals and basically anything that the bacteria finds in the body floating past them that they could like suck in and like, Build, it's like a, a bird building a nest. I was going to say they're building a fort. <clears throat> yeah. A mucus <laughs> fort. Yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, in, in, in some cases, it ends up being a calcium fort. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you get things like bunions and you get, um, you know, your joint range of motions like decreases over time. So they build forts around themselves and they use whatever that is floating around them in the body that that's not really being used for anything else. So that includes a lot of waste product and a lot of toxins actually. So, so what I did find out in my research was that, cause I was thinking, okay, I need to address the biofilm issue with Lyme disease because there's going to be bacteria hiding. Your immune system cannot get to the bacteria that is hidden within the biofilm. That's the point of it. It's a survival mechanism. They build it to hide from your immune attackers. system attackers. Yeah. yeah. So I had to think, what can I do? A lot of doctors are talking about enzymes on an empty stomach that will break down the Mm -hmm. biofilm. Something that I found in my research was that they actually use heavy metals too. They will pull heavy metals into the biofilm. Got to put metal in the fort. (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah, I started thinking, well, I've got to detox heavy metals now. This was like the third like sign that I had to deal with heavy metals in my body. There was a few other things and I just thought, okay, it's time to address this. I'm going to do some more research. I started to think like how cool it would be if I'm like, chelating heavy metals out of my body and it's like pulling apart this biofilm and then it's exposing more bacteria and then I'm able to kill that. And I just have this like wonderful vision in my body of of all the biofilm melting and dissolving and then all the bacteria being exposed and my immune system killing it. And then, you know, my body just clearing out all this, you know, old okay. debris and infection. By the way, the Cowden protocol addresses biofilm too. Most of the, the herbal protocols that are formulated by doctors that know what they're dealing with, they address biofilm too. So I had already been addressing it with uh, zeolites and enzymes and some herbs before, but now I had to deal with the, the heavy metal aspect. And so I started looking into heavy metal chelation. I'm going to speak about this like really carefully because it's a really dangerous thing to do to your body if you don't know what you're doing. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors don't know what they're doing. And so I'm going to preface this by saying, please be very careful if you're going to go into this realm of natural healing or detoxification, because I have actually myself experienced a lot of mess ups. Like I had to experiment on myself to figure out what was safe and what was effective. And because there isn't a lot of information, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And heavy metals are serious serious toxin. So basically what heavy metals do, they get into your body. I'll start from the beginning. They get into your body through tap water, as we mentioned. Um, they get into your body through body through bottled water. They get into your body through, you know, obviously paints, lead pencils, toys from China, you know, products from China. We have all heard the recalls and everything. Um, We used to have leaded gasoline. We have mercury coming over in the air from China into San Francisco Bay Area. They're having a huge issue that's not being talked about. Fukushima. Fukushima, the radiation, the, you know, is a little bit different of an issue, but still very serious. And 
you know, but the mercury and, you know, the fog in San Francisco is, is something that in 20 years, we're going to be looking back and thinking, oh my God, like this is the reason why everyone in San Francisco has thyroid cancer right? or like some other cancer, something's going to happen. So it's, we've got uh, heavy metals from supplement and food contamination. Um, there are heavy metals in pesticides and there's heavy metals in your food because we're watering our food with tap water. Mm -hmm. So it's just everywhere. You, every single person who's living a standard American lifestyle is exposed to heavy metals in some level or another. Yeah. And even if you are eating as carefully as possible, you cannot not be exposed at this point. Right, right. So that as overwhelming as that sounds, it's okay because there's an answer, there's a solution. So a lot of people have heard of the, like a urine uh, challenge test for heavy metals where you, you take a chelating agent and, and I'll just define chelating agent. It's basically a man-made antioxidant. There are some natural chelating agents, but they're not very strong. So the laboratory man-made antioxidants that have chelating property, they basically magnetize heavy metals. They they latch onto them in their at a, at a molecular level. They carry them, they kind of pull them out of your storage in your body, out of the muscles and out of the organs, and they pull them into the bloodstream and they hold onto them. They're like latched onto them. The problem is that a lot of the chelating agents have, most of them, you know, I have not come across one that doesn't have a half-life of probably like four to six hours. So it will disintegrate. This antioxidant will disintegrate after four to six hours of being in your body. That's not enough time for the heavy metal to travel to through the kidneys and out of the body. To eliminate. Right. So you, even if you take the chelating agent once a day, you're still getting massive redistribution right. after four to six hours. So the damage that's ha you're taking the chelating agent, say, in the morning, by dinner time, all of the metals that have been pulled out are being redistributed. They're now floating alone in the bloodstream and your body's freaking out and saying, we got to get these metals out of the bloodstream, into storage, into fat cells, into muscle tissue, into organs, anything to get it out of the bloodstream. Right. And so you're getting redistribution. You're getting, you know, you're getting a secondary dosage of damage from these heavy metals every time that happens. When you do a urine challenge test, it's effective in that, you know, you will see if you're heavy metal toxic, because after you take the chelating agent 10 hours later, if you feel like crap, then you're it's because you're having redistribution. So is it okay to use as a test, as a guide to then decide, okay, now I know what I need to do? Well, this is what happened to me. So I did the urine ch challenge test. I took 100 milligrams of DMSO. Mm -hmm. And about, I believe it was, gosh, it might have been three days in a row or like four days in a row. And then did, did urine tests throughout that time. And for the next month, I was so sick that I couldn't walk up the stairs without dragging myself by the handrail. Oh my gosh. I was so heavy metal toxic that my redistribution did that to me. I was yeah. so fatigued and I was laying on the couch like almost the whole day, every day. And I didn't, like, it was actually really frightening. My family went to visit my sister in Boston and she lived in a basement apartment. We had to go up like a, a whole long flight of stairs to get out every time. And I was literally pulling myself up on the handrail and it was really frightening. Mm. What new symptom is, is happening to me right. now? Yeah. And then I started, I started thinking, my God, like what is, and I started researching heavy metal chelation and I found all these forums where people are talking about what happens to them after these urine challenge tests. And the redistribution issue is is huge. Like 
people really have major regressions in their diseases after that. Urine challenge test is helpful to find out if, if it's your problem, but it, it can cause some serious repercussions. So yeah. you have to be careful. Another thing people like to do is the hair test. And they say, you know, that's not as accurate. It might be a lot safer, though, considering what could happen with the urine test. So I would say if you think you're heavy, toxic, toxic uh, with heavy metals, then just test your hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any doctor listening to this or someone, you know, who's into science is, is not going to like what I'm about to say. But for me, if I could go back and, and do it again, I would say if your gut is telling you that you have heavy metal toxicity chelate for heavy metals and do it the right way the first time and don't do the challenge test. So what is the right way? So this is what I found after after researching this and f trying to figure out what was going on. What needs to happen is you need to start with really low doses of chelating agent because it's it's pulling too much. Going with high dose, the what a lot of doctors are recommending, the natural holistic doctors are recommending is too high of a dose. It pulls too much metal out all at once and your kidneys cannot handle it. So you've got to start with a really low dose and you've got to take it frequently around the clock every four to six hours because that's how you need you keep the blood levels up so that every time the first dose of chelating agent disintegrates, you've got another one right there to grab onto those metals and keep pulling them out to the kidneys. And I know people that do this while cleansing so that they're able to more quickly get rid of the toxicity. Is that something that you recommend during this time or is this you're still eating and acting normally? This is, I would say, one of the last stages of healing. If you were going from your regular normal lifestyle and jumping into chelation right, right. away, your body can't handle that. Yeah. You're too toxic. You have to be clean for like years before you do this. I this would... is like step 10. Yeah. This was my last step. In fact, I'm still going through it. Okay. So, uh, and I want to be clear also that cilantro is not a chelator. Spirulina is not a chelator dandelion herb is not a chelator. These herbal things are not chelators. The only chelators that are effective and that should be used to seriously detox your body are DMSO, DMSA, and alpha lipoic acid. What about chelating minerals? I, I've never heard of a mineral that chelates lead or, or okay. mercury. No, I, I don't I don't know if they are. I, I used to take a supplement. My mom, it's from, from Solomon's. They're around oh, since the 70s. Like a... Sorry, it's a daily. It's just a daily supplement, but it said chelating, chelate, or chelated mineral. Maybe they're chelated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I've heard of that. I think it's something else. Yeah, yeah, chelated minerals. So that would be minerals that are just probably bound together um, with antioxidants and other uh, some other compound that it, it scratch that made it more absorbable or something. <laughs> no, that's good because someone listening might have the exact same question and that's not realize true. there is a difference, right? So chelation is different from a chelated mineral. Yeah. Yeah. I think chelated just refers to the fact that you are binding two substances together. So, so yeah, that's, that's good. A lot of people ask me about that word and everything. And one issue is that people will start like a, um, a lot of my clients, they actually say, oh, I'm, I'm chelating heavy metals. And I say, well, what, what product are you taking? Oh, I got like an herbal cleanse from Whole Foods. And it's not the same thing. It's it's not. It just isn't. You can't get these chelating agents in proper dosages in the United States unless you're going to a compounding pharmacy. So I actually I order them from South Africa. Wow. Um, this is like this is why no one knows about this because number one, it's it's not convenient. It's not you know it's not talked about because it is so powerful. Like if if doctors really knew about this, it's it's the answer to lead poisoning. And people aren't talking about it because 
I don't know, maybe it's political. And who is the doctor that would recommend this? So the doctor, so what the protocol is, it's called frequent low-dose chelation. And it was, I'm sure that there were doctors before this man who knew about it, but this man is the one that's really making big waves in the chelation field right now is Dr. Andrew Cutler. He's a PhD scientist who's been studying the effect of this chelation on um, kids with chronic illness and autism. So it's uh, been really effective for him. There's a Yahoo group that I joined right at the beginning, and I started listening to you know all these stories from people who were going through this. And it's a very technical and very you know difficult situation that a lot of people go through to get rid of the metals because a lot of them start before their body's strong enough. Really, like I said, right. you have to get to a place where you you know you don't have adrenal fatigue anymore, you don't have food allergy symptoms anymore. You have to kind of really clean up your body and support it. The Yahoo group, if you're really interested in this, is called Frequent Low-Dose Chelation. And I looked at it for about six months before I had the guts to jump in and start it. Mm-hmm. And and I ordered the supplements from South Africa. They showed up six weeks later. I started them. I started with DMSA. Um, I got up to 25 milligrams, which is what I'm on now. And that's taken me two years. And I just recently introduced alpha lipoic acid into the mix. So DMSO will clean up the outside of the nervous system, the blood-brain barrier. Alpha lipoic acid will cross the blood-brain barrier and, and detox your brain from heavy metals. And how do you feel? So this is, yeah, so this is the interesting piece. I, I did, the, I told you the Cowden protocol, I felt like 75% better. I had this like remaining fatigue and headaches and like a little bit of depression and just kind of overall like low grade inflammation in my joints still. And, and so then I started this chelating protocol after I was on the couch, after that urine challenge test, I thought I must be really toxic. And so I, I started to chelate and it was very slow progress because you have to start with such a small dosage. But after about I think it was about three, four months, I started noticing like, oh, I'm not as tired today. Like I can go longer without getting tired. And then all of a sudden it was just, it was so, it's like watching a child grow. You just don't really notice it day to day. But then about a year later, I looked back and I thought, I am working 12 hour days and it's not bothering me. And then I'm going out afterwards. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it really was, I think, one of the big like remaining toxins in my body that my immune system was really disturbed by. I was really trying to get it out and just couldn't handle it. And that was causing that low-grade inflammation and the fatigue and just overall like free radical damage on a daily basis that my body had to continually repair and regenerate. And and just really taking my time with, with detoxing them, I think it's really paid off. So I just want to tell Food Heals Nation, if you are experiencing similar symptoms and you think that this might be an answer for you, definitely check out the resources that Robin has talked about and don't do anything without talking to a qualified doctor that you trust to bring you through this process. And Robin, do you coach people as well? Like what is your role in in helping people get healthy? Well, I, I focus on the nutrition because I think, you know, as I said, it can get you so much better with just that simple first step of, of changing your diet. And it's the most affordable and budget-friendly thing to do, really. Before you spend hundreds of dollars on supplements or anything else, you've got to get rid of the food, the offending foods that yeah. are. Um, so I, I work pe- work with people on food mostly. And then at some point, you, I can't go further with them. And so then I talk to them about some of these other things and the water and the heavy metal chelation and everything is part of that. But you're right. It's so important for them to talk to, you know, 
not many doctors are going to work with you on this, unfortunately. And so it's one of those things where you kind of have to go at your own risk. Yeah. And so, um, you just you, you just need to be careful with it and it's an antioxidant it's not like a crazy chemical you can re- research it on the NIH website you know these chelating agents have been around for years and years and and they're used for a lot of different things so it's not like some crazy thing that i'm recommending it's just and you can buy them in high dosages you know over the counter but they just don't come in the low doses over the counter so you need to split those up you have to go to a compounding agency actually cuz it's mostly like a powder and it's hard to measure that at home and divide it up so so yeah, it's just it's just a little bit inconvenient to do this. Yeah. But yeah, but it's really important. I, and what I've, you know, heard from people I know who've done this is very similar to my story. It's just like those mysterious symptoms that you know, you're every day you're like, what what else can I do? You're taking all these supplements, you're spending hundreds, you're getting all these tests done, you're spending thousands on people are saying, you know, we need to get this diagnostic test to figure out what genetic mutations you have in your detox pathways. It's like, no, I don't have mutations in my detox pathways. I have heavy metals that are blocking my detox pathways. Right. I have heavy metals that are blocking my hormone receptors. Like that's what they do. They interfere with every every um, cell communication in your body. They interrupt that. And so hormone imbalance, like detox pathways that aren't working correctly, you know, inflammation, tissue damage, heart disease, like blood vessel, plaque buildup. What is causing all that free radical damage that our body has to, you know, constantly be inflamed because of? Right. And we're bombarded with so many toxins and our body is built very strong. Our body is built to detox everything that comes our way. The problem is, is in our modern day and age, basically we are absorbing so much more than the body was actually designed to detox and handle. So it's the overload that we're dealing with where people are like, oh, well, you know, the body is going to heal itself. Absolutely. But you have to provide the healing environment. You cannot keep overloading it with toxins. And so if you're doing everything right with the food, are you doing everything right with the lotions? What, what's in your environment? What's around you? What emotionally are you going through? There are so many factors to consider, so you can't stop at one. And it sounds like you didn't. <laughs> no, oh, no. Great. Yeah, 17 years and I'm still going. All right, Food Heals Nation, I hope you enjoyed those clips from our interview with Robin Shirley. Again, if you want to hear the two-part full episodes, you can always go all the way back to episodes 71 and 72 of the Food Heals podcast. Again, this is all part of the Healing Lyme Disease series. This is the series to send to anyone that you love that is suffering or if you're currently suffering yourself. These stories are meant to inspire you, educate you, and hopefully help you take your health back into your own hands. Cheers to your good health and see you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.